Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to introduce you to an online service called Skillshare. It hosts classes taught by experts on emerging trends and topics, everything from photography and film to design, entrepreneurship, and storytelling. Whatever it is you'd like to learn, Skillshare has you covered. Go to http forward skl.sh slash artivisuals or use promo code artivisuals, all one word, for two months free of Skillshare Premium. Invest in yourself, grow your skill sets, and build the future of your dreams. So today's guest is none other than my man, Kyle Ben Dempsey, an amazing photographer based in Western Massachusetts. He goes by the name of Huck, but I'll let him explain a little bit more about that shortly. Brother Kyle, welcome to the show. What's going on, Prince? Thanks for having me on. Dude, absolutely, man. I'm stoked, dude. This went a long time coming. Definitely, definitely. I was in those DMs, bro, hunting you down. <laughs> like, 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 I, I just remember responding to you a few times, just being like, Kyle, dot, 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 dot. Like, Seriously. Like, that's like my polite way of being like, you going to get on this podcast, bro, or what? <laughs> it was probably been like two months of like coordinating. And then finally, like, what was it? Yesterday, I was just like, yeah. let's get this done. Like, I want to do it. I definitely want to do it. Dude, thank you. I'm stoked, man. This is gonna be this is gonna be good. Why don't you uh, tell the community a little bit more about yourself? So I grew up in Western Massachusetts, uh, right along a river. My uh, whole life has just been like outside, kicking around, jumping around from rocks to rocks and stuff. And I spend a lot of time like doing kind of hillbilly stuff in a way, but in high school i started to get into uh, photography and a lot of video work and then in college i went to school actually got my degree in advertising and so i know a lot of the science and the strategy behind that when i work with brands which is really cool and um rather than get a like a, i had a couple nine to fives actually we should talk about those at some point because they're kind of they're kind of cool Dude, uh, we will. i'll make a note <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I pretty much went full-time with photography last summer, and AOV was one of the first companies to help me do that, so it's so cool to be back talking with you now. Dude, I love I love hearing that, and the, dude, the funny thing is, I don't know if you know Johnny B. Great, he's a grammar out of San Francisco, and he's, I just had him on the last episode, his episode's not live yet, but another interesting thing, like we kind of helped jumpstart him, he'd never even taken a photo in his life. Until he came to the San Francisco gallery event because a buddy invited him and he like fell in love with the culture of photography and the people. And he bought a camera the next day and showed up at our photo meet and like has been like this gun ho photographer. He just told me that story like the other day. And I'm like, holy shit. So you, you basically started photography because of that event. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's so (laughs) cool. (laughs) That's so rad. For sure. You got a girlfriend? Um, yeah, I got a, I got a girlfriend. I'm actually, she's, yeah, we've been dating for like two months, met her and she goes to school in Rhode Island. She's from Minnesota and, uh, we've had an insane fall. It's been pretty crazy. Lots of adventuring, lots of neat spots. And we're actually leaving for a trip to go to, where are we going? We're going up through Vermont to Quebec city and then to like Montreal and then back to Minnesota. So Dude, <laughs> that'd be wicked. Yeah, it's I thought I thought I saw a little lady friend on some of your stories recently, and I was like, oh. 
little huck, little huck love, huh? Yeah, a little bit. It's it's been a while, so it feels really good. Dude, that's awesome. And she's into adventuring and creative things and all that good stuff. She's a photographer herself. She's a really killer wedding photographer. And not as much. She hasn't worked with brands as much or done like a lot of lifestyle stuff. So it's really fun to work together with her because we have two pretty different visions of like the same scene. So it's dope to have that that little mix there and learn from each other dude that's so cool man i uh i always feel blessed too because my my girlfriend we've been dating for two years now and she's a super talented photographer but she's a talented artist like she can paint draw like anything she touches like i thought i was super creative and then i met her and i'm just like it kind of bugs me sometimes because like i <laughs> you know what i mean like i enjoy like being really good at things and then like yeah. she's just like naturally just like so good and i'm just like mm -hmm. huh <laughs> but it's fun it's huh. really nice to be able to hang out and just go shoot an adventure and like i don't know i had an ex-girlfriend that used to fake like she was into photography but i could tell she hated it and she never like after like five shots you know i was like can we go now and I'm like, <laughs> i'm like excuse me <laughs> that's horrible um but anywho so the nickname huck Tell us about the nickname, where it came from, the background story. So the guy I was telling you about that lives in Jackson and spends time in Boise. Uh -huh. um, he's my childhood best friend. He grew up like down the street from me. He was like a 10 minute bike ride. And so we pretty much learned life together. And we were always getting in trouble, trying new things, getting hurt doing fun stuff and we pretty much just like he's always been kind of more of the brains and I was more of like just the on the go bronze like crazy and so he called me Huck and I called him Tom like Tom Huck and or I mean Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and uh, then in 2013 we did our first cross-country road trip and we did like a little vlog style thing too, before we really knew what was going on just for fun, just to share the experience. And we just called it Tom and Huck uh, Adventure of the United States or something like that. And ever since then, it was just like, this is, this is it totally sticking with this. So I just love the name. <laughs> Dude, I love that, man. I'm all about that. So like, what was your first experience that made you fall in love with adventure in the outdoors? Cause you're all about that. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like the first like major thing I had never really been on like a huge trip, like across country. I hadn't really traveled much at all. I mean, I'd been to like, I always spent time in the white mountains in New Hampshire on family vacations. And I would, I've been to like out West once or twice on a family vacation, but never anything like where you have total freedom. And so in 2013, that cross country road trip, that was like the first thing that was like, oh my god i'm 100 percent addicted to this like absolutely love just getting lost no plan and just going for it that trip we did we had a little stipulation we we left massachusetts in like august 20th or something we had two weeks to get to san francisco where i would fly a plane back home but the whole in between there was no plan so it was just like two weeks of get across the country do whatever you want and that was that just like opened up the wanderlust bug that's never like that's always going to be there 
Dude, I love hearing that, man. So, like, what advice do you have for people who are afraid to get out in nature and explore the world around them? I just feel like there's so many people that want to do these things, but for whatever reason, they have all these different fears or uh, these false uh, realizations about just traveling and being out in nature and exploring. I think, I mean, a lot of, it's easy to make an excuse because at the end of the day, it's about like breaching your comfort zone, like getting off your couch or watching Netflix. Like you, you just got to start small, really like go to a local state park or some place that like you've always known about, but you've never really taken the time to go there and appreciate it. And starting small and then getting out and, and just like putting your phone away and appreciating the place for how beautiful it actually is, no matter where it is, is a great way to, to open that up. But like in terms of actually traveling, I mean, that comes down to like money and stuff like that, but you'll, you'll be able to make money your whole life and you won't be able to like get experiences back or whatever. You, you got to get it while you can is really what it comes down to. Right. It's like, uh, you know, youth, youth is a limited time resource. Like you are not young forever. You don't, you won't have that umph to just get out and go be, do, learn, absorb, grow, create like you do now. So like the time is now. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, I love Especially it, when it, when it comes to learning too, like you said, like being out on the road or going on a trip, like you learn a lot about yourself especially if, if you're not with like a huge group of people, if it's just you or just you and a friend, like that's a great way to, to learn the world, to like <laughs> meet new people and, and see how things work in areas other than where you grew up. I think that's very valuable. I agree. And there's so much, so much to learn in nature. Like I think too many people rely on Google for the answers and uh, don't get me wrong, Google, I mean, five plus five, if you can't do that, ladies and gentlemen, hey, Google's going to spit you out 10 real quick. But there's other more complicated life questions that sometimes you just got to go sit on a rock and watch some birds. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the universe, the wind blows in, it's just like, and they just deliver you like wisdom. And you're just like, Boop, there it is. There's the answer. <laughs> like, like, who would have thought just sitting on a rock watching birds and, but that's how it works, at least for me, all the time. Mm -hmm. Same, yeah. dude. I, 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 that's how I grew up was like sitting on a rock on a river. And I mean, I've got like, I've got this, these tattoos on my wrist that are these GPS coordinates to like right in front of my house, there's this swimming spot. And whenever I'm feeling like clouded or frustrated or something didn't go the way I wanted it to go, whatever, I'll just go stand there and just like, like it's like up to my waist and it just like cools you off and I'll just stand there and just like look around. And that's like my spot of peace is just being in the middle of the river. And oh, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't wait for summer thinking about it. But Dude, that is amazing. Do you own a television? <laughs> I, yes i do but you do? <laughs> i don't i mean on the rare chance i try and like spend a little bit of time to watch some shows just to get some entertainment and not be constantly working but i don't i don't budget a whole lot of time for that yeah me neither i haven't uh i'm just curious i've been asking that question to a lot of people lately. i don't own a television and i haven't, really? owned, a I haven't owned a television and in since college so it's been like seven years since i've owned a tv and uh which is amazing i choose to by choice 
Um, not to say that I don't watch anything. I still have a laptop. I do watch Game of Thrones, you know, on my <laughs> on my MacBook. But I just, yeah, I just think there's, I find other forms of entertainment just more interesting than than television. And now I'm kind of questioning my manliness. I've been talking about being a man a lot lately with different people. And now I just realized I haven't watched like a sports game this entire, not, not even a down of a single sports game this entire <laughs> year. <laughs> Same thing happens to me, dude. <laughs> Seriously. I'm always so out of tune with that. And like, I enjoy sports too. So it's, it's, it's funny. Me, yeah. Me too, man. I don't, yeah. It's uh, I guess I enjoy the live experience a little more than sitting at home. Um, For sure. But anyways, how did you get into photography? So it pretty much started in high school when I would rap. And uh, I would like make endless songs in my bedroom. And I got, I, I, I can't remember how I got my first camera. Or, and even if it was like a video camera or if it was uh, like a DSLR, it was probably like a point and click. And I would make my own videos and I would do my own media. And it wasn't like photography, like, oh, let me frame this right. It was like, let's just try and get a picture where I'm in it. And I can like put, put some words over it that say like, I went by, I went by Demps at the time. And so like, that was like the first start of like a little bit of graphic design, photography, video work. That was high school. And then in college, I, I was there for advertising and I was always into the visual side, whether it was like producing the print ads for magazine or like making the commercials. And that was when I got my first, I got like a Canon T3i and with the, I, I and like we, we were in like the national advertising competition, our school, and I was producing the commercials for that and doing like the print ads for that. And that was when I was like actually focused and starting to learn and watch a few YouTube videos and getting getting deeper into that so I was probably like 19 or 20 then and then um from there it's just been like I'm fully submersed now of course but right. <laughs> <laughs> that was when it started dude that's amazing so who's your favorite photographer that's actually a good one Especially like mm. the bigger photographers, I always love like, oh, there's a lot of people that look up to you, but you know, who do you look up to and who do you get inspiration from? And I'm not saying let's like, tell me some like big account or an account that's like, <laughs> I, 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 let's just talk about that for a second. Like, dude, I hate that I have to even say this, but dude, I talk with so many people and sometimes when I'm like, who's your favorite photographer or this or that, like, dude, some people are weird. It's like, they feel like they have to like find, like just name drop someone with a large following i'm like dude i don't care if your favorite photographer is some dude that's got six followers like if his art's <laughs> weird, like you know my favorite photographer is a small account and that's like you know her name's sam fiore she's got like now she's got like 20k but she was at like one for a long time and i just i think she has like the dopest feed ever and like, <laughs> i just love her work mm -hmm. so you know, who, that. who inspires that. you who do you look up to i get a lot of inspiration from a lot of different people i mean there's certain people i always check on that i really like their work you know it's big ben i think he's dope and then there's a lot of like i this it's true what you say about i mean it, obviously the following doesn't really matter but like a lot of the my favorite like photo series are from these smaller guys that like i don't even really know who they are this one kid is like austin mckay or something and he just has great every time he puts out an image it's like there's a reason it's put out. It's not just like posting stuff 
for no like whatever uh, it's hard to to think of of them on the spot but like when i see certain people's images i'm like i'm like damn like that's so good and it i don't know i uh, people always ask me that in person too and like i'll be like spending my time scrolling through instagram and i'll be like wow this is one of my favorite people and then i always forget <laughs> i don't know i don't know well i think that's cool bro what that tells me is just like you do your thing, but you don't live on Instagram. Right. You know, like you're just, uh, obviously you're involved and you're there, but you're not on there so much to where you're just like, yeah, and so-and-so that handle this handle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some people that are like the, they're like the Instagram encyclopedia. You know, like I've met, I've met those people. (laughs) (laughs) Like they know everyone by handle. And like, it's weird. I confuse a lot of people because I know them by name because I actually talk to them. So I'll be like, oh, Luke, they're like, who the hell is that? Like, and I'm like, oh, Victor Valencia. They're like, oh, that's my favorite photographer. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's dope as hell. Yeah. Yeah. No, Luke is, he's a, and he's so awesome. He's a really nice guy. Uh, For someone, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like I've been following him for like two years. Like he was one of the guys that like I latched on to a long time ago. Yeah, that's good, dude. He's just, he's super consistent. He puts out great work. Uh, and he's just, he's, I don't know, he's just a really cool dude. And he's not like a self-promoter type cat. So uh, I don't know. He's an easy person to follow for a long time. You know what I mean? Without being like, all right, time to unfollow this guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's off the rocker now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for, for someone who's looking to do photography full time, what advice might you have for them? If you're looking to do photography full time, I think you need to, you definitely need to like sit down and figure out exactly what you can provide that no one else can, or even if someone else can provide it, it's just like, look at your favorite photographers, see what they do, see the work that they do for brands or whether it's weddings or portraits or whatever. And just like find your favorite aspects of that and, and build your own personal, like super photographer, I guess, if that makes sense. Like you need to be able to have, you need your niche of course, or different niches. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, for me, it's like being able to provide something that you can't get anywhere else. I think is the most important thing. Um, and the other thing that's very valuable is is knowing how to communicate with clients or brands and like knowing your worth in what you can provide. Without that, you're just going to be doing stuff for free or whatever. And you got to be able to put your foot down and, and know your value and be confident in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like what you said earlier about like basically like what makes you unique. If you're in a room with a hundred other photographers and a brands in there looking to hire someone. It's like, cool. You guys are all great. You guys all have 20 K 40 K followers. You're all good photographers. What makes you unique? And mm-hmm. hopefully you have an answer, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can't be, what is it? You can't be something for everyone. You have to be everything for someone. Like you have to be the absolute best at maybe not one thing, but like have, have that area that you, no one else can touch you on. Absolutely, man. That's how I feel sometimes with AOV. Sometimes I do things and people are like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. And then I'm like, dude, who who cares? Like, dude, you're like one person. Like, 
like get out of here and i was like and i was like and honestly i was like if i didn't have some haters then i wouldn't be doing something right like you know what i mean like you know you're doing something good when you start to like when there's people that like want to say things like that you're like cool like that's good like it's not a it's not a bad thing you know what i mean 100%. Uh, so someone like yourself i know you're big into printing your art and stuff why i'm curious to why because like we were kind of talking about i don't even know what we called it earlier just like the the more softer side of creating, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you mean like actual art that you can hold? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, just like, yeah. Yeah. The so. Let's talk you know, about that. Like, you know, why do you think printing is so important, and like, why like people should be doing more of it? Because people don't. No, not really. And if they do, they don't do it well or with purpose. Really, like it's. I think so. Back in the day, photography didn't end until you were holding the print in your hand. Like it wasn't about just just clicking it and then having it all be through pixels. Like the average photographer these days, their art is literally pixels, whether it's being transferred from their camera to their computer, to Instagram, to their website. Like you're never holding it physically in any sort of uh, like texture or whatever. And that's like, the final piece of it. You might take a sick image, but you don't know how it's going to look on print. It's a totally different thing. And, and that's where like, like I even talked to my print guy who's an absolute genius and he's a photographer as well. And, but he's like an old school photographer and he does like these, he's so much more technical than like someone like me. Like I'm more, I just happen to know how to use a camera. I'm not like that great of a photographer technically. Whereas this guy is doing like these 12 stitch panos, at like 50 megapixels so that he can blow it up and be on a billboard. And I'm like, fuck, I don't even think my images could go like <laughs> 30 by 40, like barely. And it's, it's so interesting to talk to someone. Another guy that really inspires me, by the way, is B-Tone Vibes, Brendan Lynch. He's, uh, he's incredible. And I've learned a lot of this type of technical stuff from him. Just like, it's, it's so interesting to meet someone who's just like a creative or, or like a, technical photographer and but back to the prints anyway i don't want to get diverged here but um, <laughs> so yeah like when when you're doing a print or, or anything like that i think it's 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 one thing to just offer like a bunch of your prints for sale that's something i've done in the past like pick anyone from my gallery or whatever but like to do a series or or something that like tells a story or captures uh, a moment in time and, and sell that series printed like super high quality by these certain dimensions, I think that that's like, that's the way to do it. Make it exclusive, make it uh, limited and like, rather than, cause like Instagram, it's readily available. Anyone can get it anytime. Anyone can look at any picture anytime, but, and, and then people sometimes do print sales like that, like whatever, any picture you want, any size, whatever, but to have like a specific vision for a print series is super cool. I think. Dude, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I wish more people would, you know, like an album, like when an artist, like a musician drops an album, like there's a theme, you know, at least good musicians, like they don't just like drop an album that's just like, here's a bunch of random tracks. Like it's very thought out. It's curated. It's often telling a story from start to finish. And dude, yeah, I would love to see more photographers creating art like that and bundling images and telling a story over a set of images, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Speaking of vision, you know, for prints, what's your vision? Do you have like an overall vision for your art? I 
I I do, but I don't give. I'm torn in so many directions right now that I don't have enough like brain capacity to like focus on what. Like if I wasn't working for brands and I was trying to make a living off of prints, I would like sit down and think of the most badass way to to sell images to the world and, and with particular visions and themes and stuff and like it just sucks lately and that's something that i was looking forward to talking to you about too is just like being torn in so many directions and focusing energy in certain places and, and being spread too thin and so i haven't i haven't had a lot of time to give a vision uh, much thought to the vision when it comes to like printing and stuff but like i have a print sale going on right now that's new england fall 2017 and it was like the simplest way i could do it i just wanted to to do it and it's not how i would have wanted had it had i had more time but it's it's good and yeah that's like a basic version done's better than perfect like at least you're starting right like uh and it'll always get better as you get more time to curate it and be more thoughtful and think it through um you know, those things will always progress. And like, when I, I think that's the artist dilemma, right? Is naturally as artists, we're perfectionists. And so being a perfectionist means most of the time, you're not getting shit done. You're like, <laughs> not, you, you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Yeah. It's not gonna, it never, your things that you want to happen never happen because you want them to be so perfect and you're so emotional and delicate with it that you're just like, ah, I just can't put this out there. I can't do it. It's not ready yet. And so like for you to just like say, cool, like it's close enough and just do it. I think that's the best because no one, no one looks back at Jay-Z's first single and was like, ha ha, your first single was garbage 20 <laughs> years ago, bro. Your, your old music was so like, no one, like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many musicians and people that had such bad stuff at some point, but no one goes back and pulls that stuff out and is like, look, remember this? Remember when you sucked? Uh, so... And, but with artists, but you know, we get we get in our own head and we think we're just like we act like the entire universe is watching us and as if like everyone's gonna remember that we put out a bad project and that and so like I don't know, that's one thing we live by at AOV. Not everything we put out is perfect, but you know what? You can often spend a lot of a lot more money and time over producing and working on things and uh oftentimes you just gotta like you just got to work with what you have, man. And, and getting content and things out is better than not. So it's funny you told me that because I was going to ask you what you might be struggling with as an artist. So it sounds like just balance and, and focus because you have so much going on, but you have so much that you want to do. It's hard to like feel like you have the time. So how are you coping with that? So I love this. I got to tell you this piece of advice that I got a couple of weeks ago that was it's keeping me going right now. Um, it's from this super creative guy. It's going along with what you just said. And he said, as creative, you more often than not, you won't put something out because you're a perfectionist and you're so worried about it being perfect. So if you can just do things and just be 1% happy with it, just like, okay, at least that part of it was good. And just fucking put it out there. Like, and just keep doing that. Just being 1% happy with it. Just at least it hit one little mark. Like that's, what's going to keep you going. And if you don't put it out, you'll never know. You like, no matter how far along in your career you get, like you're gonna be failing. That's how you're gonna get better. That's how you're gonna learn stuff and have experiences that you can talk about and share with others. And that one percent—that's the key. But uh, what was the question? What are you struggling with? Yeah. So how are you coping? How are you coping with you know with struggling the balance and and wanting to do so much but 
does you have time you have to make money you want you have passions like it's a lot it is a lot i think the biggest struggle comes down to as much as it sucks to say like money you you do need to stay alive as creative and it is not easy to do and especially when your work is your passion and those two get tangled up and then you're doing what you love to stay alive rather than doing it because you love doing it it's those are two different things and that's what i'm caught in a little bit of right now is like if i didn't have to make money i would be making youtube videos and telling stories every day about shit that i actually care about but instead i have to be shooting products so that i can make my car payment and that sucks and there's a way that you can balance it but you can it eats away at you in time and right now i'm stretched thin i've got like a video project for a client that i'm working on then i have the brands that i'm working for and i'm trying to provide entertainment on my instagram platform as well as my youtube channel and like i'm very passionate about them all but i'm also about to leave for a trip and like won't be able to do any of it once i leave and like you just my head is racing dude it sucks but yeah it's uh oh man the dilemma and i dude, trust me i know that i have the same dilemma with aov it's not like uh it's a you thing. It's everyone. Anyone listening to this podcast probably has the same dilemma of like, you know, like I'm constantly wanting to do so much, but the reality is it comes down to resources. It comes down to time. It comes down to like people, like bandwidth, you know, and making sure people that you're going to include in your projects or, or, or collaborate or partners with, whether it's a person or a brand, like making sure they're good people. And, and share the same values as you do and that it's someone that you're going to want to be, uh, you know, that's, it's going to be beneficial for both parties to come together and, and all these different things. And so uh, it's really cool to hear how, you know, how you're coping with them. And just to take a step back about the perfection side of producing content, you know, the reality with artists, you know, Christian D. Larson uh, is an early new age thought leader. He's like this old dude from like the early 1900s who I read a lot of his literature and he often talks about like, you know, you should spend so much time focused on growth that you don't have any time to like to even give to any negativity. And and that's how I think about art. Like I'm like, you should be producing whatever it is you do, whether it's if you make music, if you take photographs, if you're shooting videos, I don't care. Whatever it is that you do, you should be putting so much energy into it and producing so much that you don't even like you don't even have time to listen to your last song and worry about <laughs> how good it was or bad it was because you're already working on the next song like let it let the crowd like let them run with it and do what they do with it but move forward like you've already made that piece and keep going and i think if more artists thought that way they'd wake up one day and like cool i made 300 you know i've posted 6000 images in the last 2 years and maybe everyone hated them all but there's three images that blew them up and now look at me you know <laughs> Yep. Like think about all the best musicians. A lot of the best musicians like Drake and them, like in their early days, what made them so popular is because they were consistent at putting out content. They like, you know, at a time there's like Drake was putting out a new track like every week. You're like, yeah, this dude, like whether you love him or hate him, you can't knock him because he is working and he's putting out music every week. There's a new track, you know, love it or hate the track. There's a new track there for you every week. That's important. You know, absolutely. And Are you so, a Drake fan, by the way? 
I listen to Drake. I am a Drake fan. I don't listen to his new stuff as much. I, I'm like, I listen to a lot of the stuff that I listened to like in college, like his first mixtape and things like that. Um, that's yeah, when yeah. we started listening to Drake was like before he was like Drake. I was watching Drake on Degrassi, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, like he was in a wheelchair. He was he was in a wheelchair. And uh, and so, yeah. When I when I think about just breaking into a market, I love to look at like older Drake and the way he did that. And just the stories he would tell and the way he would do it he's yeah he's above and beyond any of his competition he related he related <laughs> with you like you're just like i like this guy because i can relate with him like what he's talking about and like I, like it speaks to me and if it doesn't speak to me like i enjoy the story you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and so yeah i always appreciate that man where do you see uh, photography going? This is a little futuristic type question. <laughs> Where do you Ooh. see photography going in like the next five to 10 years? Oh my God. That's interesting to think about. I mean, it, it seems like technology is just going to make everything easier for, for everyone. So that means that, I mean, nowadays everyone's a photographer, whether they have an iPhone or a DSLR that their parents bought them. Uh, anyone can do it. Anyone can take pictures. And as those technologies get better, when your iPhone is able to shoot star pictures, it's just like this, this content, this art is going to become more readily available and it's going to be harder and harder to differentiate yourself and, and to hold and to find uh, your niche and, and see what makes you different. And, I, but going along with that, I think it's, we're just starting to see brands like placing aside bigger and bigger budgets to work with influencers and independent freelance photographers through social media. And that's only going to get bigger. And I think that like the days of like print ads and spending a lot of money for TV commercials through big production companies is going to start fading. And it's just going to be based more on like these individual influencers and photographers and, and working with them really close. Dude, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm going to take it a step further. Mm. I think be, beyond that, it's going to, because technology is going to make it so easy. Like I'm talking cameras are practically probably going to take photos for you. Like, you know, you can aim your camera at the sky and it'll just like dial in and just take a sick Milky Way shot. And you're just like, I'm so good. <laughs> And so I think, I think it's going to like the people that are going to really stand out in five to 10 years as far as artists or artists that can curate, can curate their work and produce projects and create unique experiences for people to like enjoy with their art. So whether that's a digital experience with their art, whether that's a in-person experience, I just think that people that can curate, create a project, like a theme, like we talked about, like how good musicians do with albums and create some type of experience that wraps it all together, like those are going to be the guys that catapult themselves above the rest of the people because everyone that's just going to stick to doing the same old thing is going to slowly die because they're stubborn and don't want to face reality that, dude, we just live in a crazy time. Dude, technology just is progressing so fast and it's constantly changing everything, whether you love it or hate it. So true. But resistance, so true. you know, you just can't resist change. You just got to roll with it and just be okay. That's absolutely true. Going along with the experience thing, 
I mean, at the end of the day, Instagram, any other social media platform is entertainment. And the guys that are providing more than a photograph, but an experience to the consumer or the end viewer are are the ones that get the most attention because they're impacting those people's lives more than just like just a photograph. Like people want to see stuff. They want to know what else is out there. The people that are just sitting at home or sitting at their desk, like you got to give them that escape. It's like a portal to another world. Dude, exactly. And that's why, like I was telling you earlier, we're going to be spending a lot more time with AOV and turning into more of a, a live, you know, adventure, experiential type business, still doing a lot of our core things, supporting the photography community and the, you know, the adventure community. But the reality is, dude, it's all about experiences right now, man. And people just want to live. And we live in such a digitized world that it's just like, the last thing you want to do is spend more time on this computer than like you already have to like, mm -hmm. and people I think are just feigning connection. They're feigning for, for experience and to be out in nature and to, to grow and conquer their fears and, 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 and like, dude, they just want to, they want to go on an adventure and walk away from that adventure and just feel like, wow, like I am better because of mm -hmm. that in multiple ways. You know, I'm not saying like it's life changing for some people. It will be absolutely life changing, but for at least at the minimum for everyone, you will walk away and just be like, you know, I'm better. Like, I'm really glad I did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you read at all? I don't read as much as I should, actually. I, to be honest, I get like antsy when I sit and read. <laughs> really? And Are you, do you listen to audiobooks? Not really. No. I like. I don't. I'm trying to think of how I even get most of my information and stuff. And <laughs> I hate it because, like, I want to. Read. My my dad has is like never not fully in a into a book, and like he always gives them to me and he's like, you should read this, like a lot of Jack Kerouac and just like really good stuff that relates to my career. And I, I'm like, yeah, no, I'll get to that. And I never do. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite book? What is it? Where the Red Fern Grows? That one made me cry. I remember that. Old Yeller. Yeah. <laughs> those classic ones. Yeah. I remember reading those. Hell yeah. I love it, bro. You're a classic kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I I appreciate that. You know, I really I really do. Everything yeah, I have a lot of respect respect. I got a lot of respect <laughs> for you, bro. <laughs> um what do you think? Dude, I dude, I want to talk a little philosophy with you just because like, you know, you're a smart dude and I enjoy chatting with you. You know, what do you think the key to living a good life is? The key to living a good life. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a big one when you really yeah. think about it. You, and this is your take. This is just for you. Like, you know what I mean? This is your key. My key. I mean, to live a good life, I need to be. I need, uh, happiness is number one. But the question is, how do you achieve that? And mm -hmm. for me, it's not being constantly stressed out. So you need to feel like, like you you need to have challenges and things that you're working on, but, but they can't be too overwhelming for me to be like happy. Like I need to know, okay, that's what I got to work on now, but let me just take a breath and chill here for a second and watch this show or, or sit here and just think about stuff like to have, yeah, an obtainable amount of challenges. Like this fall was insane for me. And while I was overall, I was happy and, 
living the life I wanted to live, it was a little too busy to the point where I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. I was getting crushed a little bit. And so I think that, I mean, a goal for me moving forward in 2018 is, is to do less projects with more, like more substantial projects, less often rather than a bunch of little small things. And what was the, was it to live a fulfilled life? What was the question? Just what, you know, what's your key to living a good life? What are the keys? The, yeah, the DJ okay. Khaled keys, bro. <laughs> I love Khaled. Did the you see? Oh, real quick. <laughs> Did you see? It was like two days ago. This guy probably posted seventy pictures in one night. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. No, but I love he, that. Like that's he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> so reckless with something he would just do. Like... <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the uh, oh, going on along with the key to living a good life. I had a really good conversation with this guy who runs the page, the cabin Chronicles, he's, mm -hmm. he's out in Utah and I was traveling. I was seeing my, my closest friend out in Wyoming and I dipped down and I saw this guy in person. He was one of the guys that also helped me get a boost when I was, when I was younger, smaller. And we talked at his kitchen table. We were drinking rum till like four in the morning and we were talking about like living a good life and finding happiness and how do you balance all this stuff. And what he said was that, he views life as a double-sided candle. One side is work and one side is play or pleasure. And to not let either end burn down too quick. It's And at the end of the day, that just means balance. And I totally agree with that. And I, I uh, think about that a lot, like every week when I start the week about like balancing work and not, I mean, you'll work yourself to death at the end of the day. And to live a good life, you need to have that balance. So I'm just, I'm curious, like, how do you, like, in theory, that sounds great. Have you, like, how do you put that, how do you personally, like, put that into practice? Like, the balance, like, how do you, how do you balance your life? Like, what does your days look like? Is there something specific? Do you have rituals? Do you have, like, certain habits or, like? One thing, so, like, my days are usually, I mean, I don't, like, I work pretty much every day, weekends, all the time, but it's not like it's constant. Like I might take an hour here, an hour there to just like not work in one way or another. But one thing I have, I do have like a few rituals that keep me sane. One thing is I'll go for a drive in my old truck. And that's like, to me, that is like peace. That is what keeps me sane. Like, and then another thing that's like that is where I was telling you earlier where I would stand in the river and just stand there and just <laughs> relax, swim, like cool off, reset, putting it into practice. It, it, it's, it's tough. And like, you can talk about it and say how it could be done perfect, but then actually doing it does get so hard because you just want to keep going. You want to, yeah. you want to keep working. You want to be the best. And I guess you just have to like set these limits uh, you, you gotta be tame with yourself. You gotta say, look, you know, you want to keep working and keep doing this, but just chill, like get more sleep. Like you're you know, like, I don't know. You got to limit yourself. I agree. Uh, I could sit here and be all, I, I love Zen and, 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 and I don't know. I do a lot of just reading and, and, and self, uh, realization out in nature and just thinking. And, uh, 
like balance obviously is key, but there's like, I don't know. I think there's a time for it. Like right now, like my life, I definitely don't have like perfect balance right now. I'm probably working 75 and like enjoy. And, and like, just as far as pure pleasure of just like no commitments, like 25%. And, you know, and I think that's okay. Like, I, I think it depends on your goals. You know what I mean? What you want to do in life. I'm a very ambitious person. So being an ambitious person doesn't allow me to get to have as much balance because of how ambitious I am. If I wasn't ambitious, then balance would be much easier. I could be like, cool, yeah, I'm just going to work, you know, <laughs> X amount of hours a day, and then I'm done, and I'm going to kick it, you know? But, like, I have, like, big dreams, big goals, and, like, uh, I feel like I'm here to serve people. And so, like, with that said, like, I'm constantly working. Like, I just want to serve and make things better and, and, and produce. And, uh, you know, my outlook on life is that hopefully – all this work and effort that I'm putting in today will, will hopefully open up a door to a much more balanced life for me later on that'll allow me to to really indulge in the things that I really love and to, you know, bring that balance back. But like you said, yeah, the work's always gonna be there, man. So like hopefully your work's just something you enjoy. <laughs> you know? Like, it's really yeah. that simple. Oh, yeah. Like, and, no, uh, I love I love what you just said though about about putting like working like crazy now so that later on it'll be like that dream life that you imagine and yeah, yeah like i'm right with you on that yeah too many people i know will come talk to me and they're like you know like i want to like basically tell me they want the world but then like they're all like oh you know i i, I only i you know I'm, i read this book you know the four hour work week so i'm trying to get that you know like i'm just like <laughs> the four i'm just like yo i'm like dude like I get it and I know you want to have a good life and go to concerts and travel and, and, and do all this, but you can't do all this and build a badass business at the same time. Like if you're going to create a business, like just realize that's like having a child. So it's like you get to have a business and then you get to have like one or two other things that you enjoy that come second. <laughs> and like, that's about it. You know what I mean? And so for me, like I have AOV, I have my girlfriend, you know, I have my German shepherd Fenton. And then I have like my little hobbies when I get time to like go and skateboard or do some leather working or maybe play around with music. But like those are very like tiny percents and it's basically just AOV, Tia and Fenton. And that's like my life right now, you know, and that's okay. And like people will try to tell me, like, oh, you need to balance your life more. And I'm just like, you know, like, don't like, I don't need your advice. Like I'm trying to accomplish big things, bro. I don't need to slow down. I'm good. And I don't need you to tell me to slow down. Like, you know what I mean? And so go ahead. I think you just said that so much better than me because I'm like a hundred percent with you on that. And I think <laughs> what people probably wanted to hear, but like I feel the same way. <laughs> Cause like I work nonstop. Like I barely see my friends anymore. And like, no one's going to tell me shit when it comes to what I want to do. Like I'm getting it. I'm out yeah. there getting it. And wow. Yeah. I'm right with you. That's just how I feel, bro. I'm the same way. I just hit up some friends that I'm going to see in, 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 uh, at the end of the month that I have, these are like my best friends from back home. I haven't talked to them in probably almost the entire year. Uh, sadly, you know, and, and that is something that I can get better at. I can get better at picking up the phone and making a phone call. But mm -hmm. outside of that, like you said, dude, like I'm so focused and I have such big goals and dreams that I'm not going to let anyone get in the way of that. And the fact of the matter is if, if people truly love me, then they're not going to be angry with me because I'm not hanging out with them as often or I'm not calling them all the time. They're out of love. They're going to be like, yo, Prince is still the same old guy. He's just, dude, he's doing his thing. He's out trying to just like, you know, live his life. And he's got this thing that's really 
that really moves him and he's just focused and that's all it is. It has nothing to do with anyone but my focus and my what I want to bring to the world and to people and so yeah, you got to pick and choose and stand your ground like you know what I mean? Like I don't like you shouldn't you know, talking about balance like yeah, like it's balance is nice but like I don't know, like if you got something you want then like there's a time for imbalance and like own that time and 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 now's a good time. Like my goal is to have more balance in my you know, hopefully in my later years when I have a family, I don't want to be working all the time. I'd love to be able to have a really good balance then and not trying to start a business at 40, you know? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you live, by the way? So hold on. I know we got into philosophy, but I, we don't have a ton of time. We've been chatting for a while. You and I spent a lot of time just kind of shooting, shooting it. So I'm curious, like, everyone's I, yeah where do you live bro like you're just always in, yeah. <laughs> like even right now like you answer the i like facetime you and you're like yo what up and i'm just like where the like in my head the first thing i think of is like where the hell is he like he's in this he's, he's in this beautiful cabin there's like i'm not even gonna lie i i hung up that pendleton blanket hold on i'm not even gonna lie yo <laughs> i was, <laughs> I thought it looked nice too. I, when you I went did, to grab the leather journal, I was like, "Damn!" I, I knew you would, bro. I did that, dude. I kid you not. I did that just for you. I'm like, "Yo, Huck's gonna love this shit." Let me throw this little Pendleton blanket up here. Oh my god! But you did. You live inside these things. Like that's all I do. I just see beautiful cabins, lovely, awesome, tons of wool and wood, and just like lights. And I'm just like, bro, I want your life. <laughs> I I live pretty much like I'm not really ever home. I'm I'm in my studio right now. I do spend a decent amount of time here, but I'm usually either on the road or staying somewhere sick. But like my my home base is is here in the studio, really. I've got like a bed and a music booth and a wood stove and that's it <laughs> that's so dope <laughs> and it's just like this little it's this little i don't even know if i want to give away some of the mystery but it's it's <laughs> it's not like this this cabin in the middle of the woods but it's not where you'd expect it's 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 cool but uh yeah i'm never i'm never really home i'm always somewhere like bopping around um that's why i'm so stoked for this next upcoming trip too oh my god so with all the cabin stuff, do you know, Jacob, you mentioned uh, Cabin Chronicles, and I know Jacob does some stuff with them, and he brought Whistling. them up on our pod. Jacob Whitzling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You ever you ever link up with him? or? He, he DM'd me in like September or something, and he was like, yo, I'm building a cabin somewhere in Massachusetts. Would you want to photograph it? And I was like, oh, definitely. And then I think that I still – haven't read the follow-up i am so fucking bad with dms like as you know and because i like try and not live on my phone so then i like forget about it and i'm like no i don't want to get involved in this and then but so i've talked to him a little bit and i know he built something somewhere around here but i should actually i'll probably respond to him and see what's up with that after we get off the phone you should hit him up dude let him know let him know you chatted with me he's uh He's one of the homies. He did. He had. I think he and I had one of the funniest podcast episodes. Like he's really, really? interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's dude. I'm gonna go hang out with him this summer. So I stayed at his cabin in Olympia. He builds just really sick fairy like cabins that are just like just really awesome. And I had a beautiful experience at his place for a few days. And uh, but 
I just know he's out in your area, your neck of the woods. Uh, you know, he still is. Yeah, and so yeah, I think he's in Boston, and hmm. so um, but he's just like I don't know. He's I just I could see you guys vibing and uh, your love for nature and his love for nature and and and, and building cabins and things like that i just think you guys would have some good conversation over some whiskey or something <laughs> yeah yeah i could i could do that <laughs> dude awesome all right so parting words we had an amazing amazing episode um at the end of each episode of the podcast i normally just let the artist kind of choose like a parting message that they'd like to deliver to the community and so uh you can make that message about anything you want. Uh, oh, God. Speaking of Jacob being an interesting dude, when I gave Jacob the opportunity to do this, you know what he decided to talk about? <laughs> what? White, white privilege. <laughs> he like, dude, like, he's just like a real ass dude. He's just like, you want to know what I want to talk about? That's what I want to talk about. White privilege. It's real. Like, and I was just like, oh, here we go. I just opened a whole can of worms. Like, Jesus. So uh, with that said, no holds barred, dude. You can talk about whatever you want. Like if there's something you're passionate about or something you just want to communicate or whatever it may be, uh, feel free to think about it and then share whenever you're ready, man. Um, I mean, one thing that I think, I don't know how much it gets talked about. I've never heard it talked about, but it's like something that's been on my mind a lot is uh, when it comes to working with brands and uh, I guess it's more from the brand's perspective, working with like an influencer is like always trying to wring you dry, get everything, get everything out of you and like uh, not offer you enough money or stuff. And maybe this is too cliche. I don't know, but it, I don't know if it's ever been talked about like, well, but like, I'm just sick of, of getting, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, dude. No, it, it's cool. It's cool, bro. Run, run with it. I'll help you develop this. Let's do, let's do this thing. Um, so just like, I guess as a influencer, being able to not let, a brand tell you what you're worth and and like give in to a price because that's all they're offering you but like stand your ground and uh and and keep your keep your value there and be able to provide them uh reasons behind the value like why why you're worth what you're worth and i, I think that i get a lot of I mean, everyone gets a lot of offers from brands that are just total bullshit. And it's because there's people out there that will just take anything and um, they devalue the whole industry as an influencer and make it seem like it's just like, it's just like you just put, take a pretty picture with a product in it and post it. Whereas there's people out there that know the science behind advertising. And that's a totally different thing than being like a photographer on Instagram, I guess. Um, I guess I don't know exactly how to say it. I didn't really think about it, but so along those lines. I'll 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 summarize. So it's it sounds like to me what you're trying to communicate is basically that as a collective of artists, influencers, whatever you know you want to call us photographers, adventurers, like we should all take more ownership of our personal brands and what we're creating and we shouldn't just give that away. We shouldn't just promote things and give things away to brands for nothing because not only are you hurting yourself by lowballing yourself and what you're really worth, you're hurting the entire industry because each 
artists that a brand is able to lowball and they accept the offer, they're just going to continue, you know, down that path. But if people start to stand up for themselves and and have some sense of honor uh, <laughs> and have some sense of just honor and, and pride in what you do and say no, like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you need the money, it's like, you know, say no and, and work hard to find a brand that does appreciate you and respect you because, it just, yeah, it hurts. It hurts everyone. And then a lot of people that I know think that if they take the low ball offer, they think they're just getting in the door and that they're going to be able to work them up in price. But what ends up happening is they try to work them up in price and then they're like, oh yeah, we don't have budget for that because that's just their way of telling them like, we're not going to pay you more because this is what we pay you. And <laughs> if you want more money, we'll just go find another influencer because there's a lot of guys on Instagram that have 20,000 followers. You're not the only one, pal. So it's not a it's not a win-win situation. So not to take your words out of your mouth, but I that's how I interpreted what you were getting at was just, you know, as a whole, we should uh, you know, take a step back and maybe have a little more pride and to have a little more respect for ourselves as artists and and make sure we're not undercharging and undervaluing ourselves and our work. That's that's exactly it. And the, and then going along with that, something that I encourage people to do is to is to not take every offer that you get and to work with brands that you genuinely care about and you like their product and you'd use it whether or not the brand was paying you because that makes shit authentic. And, you know, that's like the biggest battle nowadays is authenticity and, and all that crap. And like, you can tell who's authentic and who isn't. And you can tell who's just posting for McDonald's or whatever because they're getting paid. And then you can tell people who actually care about an ad that they're making and making it real and relatable. And I just encourage people to take more time into thinking of how, their ads or their content is being perceived by the world and just making it more giving it a little bit of soul, I guess is the simplest way to put it. Just like not just doing shit for money, but like do shit with purpose and create with purpose, make good art. Dude, I love it. Give it a little bit of soul. Oh <laughs> man. And dude, that's how it did. I appreciate you saying that so much because that's one thing we take a lot of pride in the AOV, uh, we work with amazing brands that we truly love and use and stand behind. Like, you know what I mean? Like if we're going to war, I'm like, cool. Like Prince, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm buckling up, bro. I guess like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm like the homies, the homies over at all clip. We're going to war. I don't know. Something happened, but like, we're in this thing. Those are the boys. Like we're in this. Like those are my boys. That's my people. Yeah. Uh, and like, but those are the only brands like that I, that, at AOV that you know that we work with are just brands like that. I mean, if you saw the amount of DMs and emails from crazy companies that you know like want to just I don't know I'm not I don't know we're not one of those feeds that oh cool two grand perfect what do you want to what's your promotion oh a chocolate a chocolate box subscription that sounds great next I mean the reality is I can make a ton I can we can make a lot of money with AOV just running just reckless ads like that but then. Yeah. We would lose all the trust that we've built with you guys, artists like yourself, the community. Like we'd be like, it'd be like, well, those guys are chumps. Like they used to be like, they were authentic and real dudes, like an honorable, like company that had soul. And like, and now they're just like everyone else just selling their soul to the devil for a quick buck. Ah, ah. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Definitely, man.
Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more, but until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together. Together.